This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and I am so thrilled to be joined in the studio today by a returning friend and favorite guest of mine. You know her as the host of the Andes Girls podcast. Please welcome back to the show, Sarah Galley. Oh my God, it's such a thrill to be back. You know, every time that we record and do a pod swap or a collab, it's it's so, I just deeply love it. Oh, we have matching tumblers. <laughs> Is your simple modern? No. Oh, we don't. I this has changed my life. Like not having I usually use like cheap swag, which shout out to receiving free merchandise, always a fave. But it was the first time I ever bought like an adult tumbler. Shut the fuck up. It's a and it's like a big deal. It's fina- it keeps things hot and cold. I'm happy for you. It's really a dream moment. Are I you so are you one of those it. people where you went to like a Broadway show in 2016 yes. and got a glass of wine and you still have the like souvenir cup in your cupboard? Depends on the show. I cracked the Spring Awakening one, which is like very upsetting to me, but I don't drink it. I don't drink a lot. So I would always get a Diet Coke. I would get a $30 Diet Coke, depending on the show, if I really wanted the plastic the like sippy cup that they give you but the problem is a lot of those theaters have caught on to us and the idea that like we get it from the show so now they just do a lot of them just have like their dumb theater cup and it's not an identifier of the show which who wants that i i really feel strongly about that that it's like if you're charging me 18 dollars for five ounces of pinot grigio it should be coming in I want like I want the some like it hot memorial cup. Yeah. I don't want like Schubert Theater Organization cup. Yes, and <laughs> I did go to when I went to Candy's show, the name of which I just forgot, but was the great. Piano lesson? The piano lesson. I went with a friend of mine and my friend like ordered a glass of wine and they were like, okay, it's like $35 yeah. because they only do quote unquote doubles, which yeah. is mm-hmm. essentially they really get, a glass. They, they really get you with screw the doubles Because they're like, well, it's eight ounces of wine. And I'm like, right, that's a cup. That's a cup. No, and they don't give a single glass, at least not for the people who like come to you in your seat where it's like, where, are we at a baseball game or something? Like, what is even happening? Theater, theater I went, etiquette. I went to see Wicked for my birthday. Like, I just treated myself and went alone. Who's your birthday? I, May. But I bought like. Happy birthday. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think I got it. I remembered it. What happened? I bought like a good ticket and I was like, oh, this, I'm like taking my, I oh, love going to the theater alone. I mean, I, they have like frozen drinks at Wicked. Like, I think they have like a green, green? a green oh, one and a pink one, maybe. Are they good or terrible? I feel well, like they would probably be terrible. I don't know because I thought I was going to get one. And then first of all, the line was like wrapped around no, the fucking stairs. Can't do it. And also it's like $30. And I'm like, I don't actually want the like, no, you want thrillifying the green no. cocktail that bad. How was, do you know, I've never seen, I've never had an interest in going to Wicked, including when like friends were in it. I just, for whatever reason, oh, that's, I also haven't seen Hamilton. I didn't really have, I haven't seen Hamilton. Trigger warning. I really didn't care about Hamilton. So it's like, I don't. Wicked is, Wicked is really good. Do I have to go? I hadn't seen it in like 10 years. And then I saw it last year 
And then I saw it again this year. And mm. I'm like, no, it's really fucking good. Really? It's a lot of fun. God, there's some good show. I was upset that I missed Just For Us because I waited <laughs> until it's typical. Like I usually wait until the day before a show closes and I'm like, oh my God, I have to go. And then it, right. I can't go. Right. And then there's like one ticket that's $190. Yeah, they were like hundreds of Candy's, dollars the last week. Candy's coming back to Broadway in the spring with the Wiz revival. She's producing it. So. She really wants that EGOT and God bless her. I think she could get it. The Oscar is going to be tough for her because I don't know that she has the financial resources to produce a mo- and like to receive the Oscar if she produces. I don't know that it would come to her for acting. And I feel like honestly producing might be more attainable than songwriting for the Oscar. Like, cause I think the songwriting thing is so political too, to get in a specific movie and it, the tone being a perfect match, but she's going to go for it. She might just have an wait, Emmy Grammy. She might have an EGT. I don't know that she's going to get the Oscar, but I can yeah. see her getting everything else. She's nominated for an Emmy this year for like a, a, like a regional Emmy, but it counts. It counts. So we count a regional EGOT. Yeah. She like, pr- she produced some like music. Who cares? Cultural show. Yeah. That, no, literally. I don't even think she had like posted about it until she got nominated for an Emmy God for bless. it. I'm like, that's the way to do it. Move in silence. <laughs> like, and I also think like if we have our first EGOT house, first and last, by the way, EGOT housewife, do you know that would, I would just like lose my mind. I would yeah. lose. I still can't believe there are certain people who are housewives. Because they're so, like, I still cannot believe I'm in denial that Garcelle Beauvais is a housewife because she's oh, such a successful actor. you meant, like, on the actor. other end of the scale. I thought you were going to be oh, like, trash? Gina. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of Gina, we're going to talk about OC. Oh, it's such a good, ep- such such a good, good episode. Such a good episode. Difficult. Before we do, this pop, this was, again, this was the first thing I saw when I opened my eyes this morning <laughs> because... Um, uh, because I don't value my e- e- mental sanctity, I open Same. I open my eyes and then I reach for my phone and I open the app formerly known as Twitter, now X. And X marks the spot. Literally the first thing I see is this page six article about Rachel Yucatel telling a story of back in the day when she was like a bottle service girl that PK was her best customer in Vegas. And... <laughs> This the only reason that this like clicked in my brain was because I invoked Rachel Yucatel's name on this very podcast <gasps> three days ago because I was saying that she should be <laughs> the first guest on Rachel Levis's purported yes. mistress podcast. You know what's gonna be okay. I'm like, what's in the universe that now Rachel Yucatel is talking about PK? Wait, you know what? That's a really good point though, sidebar sidebarring from the PK of it all is like trying to figure out the direction that Rachel's going to go in because like, are you going to talk to therapists about cheating and about processing or the trauma of like going viral and social and vilified? Or are you going to talk about like, are you going to go the route of like famous? She, she specifically mentioned having experts on, which I guess technically could be Rachel both. Could, <laughs> yeah, you could tell as an expert. You could do a whole like Summer of Tiger Woods miniseries on that podcast and just have like mistress after mistress after mistress. What was the name of that limited document? Was it called Tiger? No, it wasn't. It was something um, else. It was so good. He, it was set. There was that one girl who was like really good friends with him. And then like he became whatever and they lost contact. That made me kind of sad. It was a really good I forget it was for ESPN or Netflix it's just called Tiger it's yeah. on HBO which you could tell was on 
Yes. Substantially. It was really good. It was really, it was good. really good. That's our that's our non Bravo streaming recommendation <laughs> is the HBO Tiger Woods documentary from twenty twenty one. Um I remember when that was coming out because we were both very into it, I think. Yeah, because the you know I love narrative storytelling. So yeah. I don't watch or understand any sport, but I love sports based right, docuseries. Like, I F1? love I'm into it now. I'm into Drive to Survive. I'm into Breakpoint. I'm into Full Swing. I'm into I talked to uh, one of the golfers on the PGA Tour who was profiled in the show and the executive producer for a piece I wrote for the Daily Beast. I was very into I'm not not I was not very into the piece, but the show itself. This is they good. Just, but. Netflix just commissioned another show in that kind of like Vain. series about um, sprinting, running. Like track. Oh. Yeah, that they're going to, I think they're in, the world championships is happening right now. And I think they're like filming. Well, there, there is also the new-ish show, The Quarterback, which I am not into. I don't think it's interesting oh. or engaging at all. It, so I wouldn't recommend it. like the Mannings like produce. I might be why. I don't know. I don't but, know. um, you know, tra- Hard Knocks is really the ultimate. If, okay. you, if anybody's interested in football narrative storytelling without needing to know literally anything about football yeah. and HBO. I don't talk about sports journalism a lot on this podcast, but it is, you know. It's not sports journalism. journalism. Entertainment. Sports TV. Sports, sports TV. Yeah. I, I think that there's a through line or at least there are a lot of sports related storytelling is attempting to find a through line that has been well established when it comes to like women focused reality TV. So I I think the conversation around the difference in how athletes or professional sports folk are perceived and celebrated, especially for sharing vulnerability in ways that women are often mocked mm. for is definitely interesting, like the gendered perspective. Yeah. But anyway, sports and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know what also is feeling like a sport is... Uh. Enjoying the season of Real Housewives of Orange County because I'm I'm cheering at the TV I'm I'm hooting and hollering I'm I'm cr- I'm head in hands you know f- crying almost your girl Shannon is, <sighs> is, through is it. She, gone through it Shannon is having a tough time <laughs> right she? now I, I didn't know t- I hadn't realized I feel like Shannon is clearly I mean obviously a lot is going on with her relationship. And she it's kind of wild to watch her in real time grappling with the reality of the relationship and what she wants people to think about her relationship and what she's told people about her relationship and maybe forgotten if she was maybe not sober when that Mm. happened. And then what's being brought onto the show and who knows what and who's talking to who about what. Like there is a real you know, war in Shannon's mind right now about the status of this relationship and how it's being perceived. And it's kind of fascinating to watch. Well, there's the reality TV of it all, which is obviously a huge part of her concern and of this phenomenal breaking of the fourth wall that keeps repeatedly happening where she just... This can't be in the camera. (laughs) It can't be in it. Like, she's thinking that, like, a little man's going to jump out with film and scurry away. She's going to, like, give give the camera an exorcism. She's I think she did. Get out. I mean, she really, somebody's head turned. But, um. Shannon's demons are in the camera. (laughs) (laughs) They're in the camera in other places as well. The difficulty, I think, for Shan is like putting aside the element of you better not fucking talk about this on the show because I don't want it to be a part of the narrative of which she has literally no control. But also the fact of like, what does Shannon, how does Shannon view friendship? When Shannon is sharing something that might be upsetting or concerning or confusing or inspire curiosity for more information, is she approaching friendships with 
women as like, you are a vessel for information. I'm just going to say things things to you and you should not the vault. respond. Yeah. Or is she looking for a back and forth? Because if you're saying that you're fighting and it's like normal fights that paralyze you, a friend is going to hear that information and likely express concern unless that friend is Tamra and she's more interested in like dragging Heather to hell. Like I would think most friends like Emily like Heather and to a weird extent, almost Gina, we don't really want to praise, but here we are, are at least responding to the information she's sharing as I would hope a friend would with like concern. And I don't know if Shannon understands that on top of the like reality TV of it all, it's not a storyline. It's not a storyline. It's like, okay, also, but when you talk to your friends, regardless of whether or not you're intoxicated, is there an awareness that a good friend is going to care what you're saying? Right. And also that that is even if you have a conversation in the moment, if you're telling them something that is concerning or troubling or just, you know, something that you're going through dealing with, they're going to a good friend is going to follow up on that and be like, hey, last time we talked, you seemed really stressed out about this thing that was happening how's it going? Like, are you still dealing with that? Are you feeling better about it? Like, that's what a friendship is. It's not just like, oh, that was that was one conversation and we're never going to talk about it again. Because like, if you if you're going through it, I want to make sure that it's that you're doing okay. And she seems to have this weird like, I mean, first of all, she clearly doesn't remember some of these conversations like, that have literally. happened. And the fact that so when so Heather goes to see Shannon as she's setting up for her um Taco, taco day party fiesta. <laughs> taco day fiesta <laughs> excuse me um and you know so you know heather's denying that she talked about shannon's relationship shannon flips out again about her alluding to these like big bad things in her relationship but in the confessional we see heather gina emily and tamra all saying that shannon gets drunk and tells people things like this is something that almost everyone in the cast has clearly experienced with shannon and so i also think that the idea of telling people things that go in the vault and they should never be talking about it it's like if all of these women know that shannon is doing this like it's not privileged information if she's told five people in the cast like they i feel like you're allowed to talk about that among yourselves yeah i feel like the privilege information is the crossing of that is letting shannon know so that she's aware of what she has told several people like that's the that's like the privilege right. info like confidentially shannon like you don't remember this but this thing happened like you told us over and over again so if we're pretending that this is a big dark secret like obviously you have made it a secret from yourself so maybe some of the shock of this is with shannon recognizing or trying not to recognize that she has talked about sensitive aspects of her relationship with John, which she's now trying to normalize on camera with that fucking dinner, which I was like, babe, if Ryan <laughs> is speaking up for you and making jokes, like we're in trouble territory. But when Heather goes to see her, she we also get a reveal of something that I was new information, at least to me. Oh, my God. That so she, one of Shannon's issues yes. with people talking about her relationship is that she's repeatedly said that John is a private person and that he doesn't want any of this stuff to be talked about yes. on the show. And Heather basically says he's not a private person. That's bullshit because you've called me and told told me stuff about how he wants to be a in the pony. limelight. Yeah. The, and that is like that's a big difference, because if 
I would almost I would more understand if Shannon yeah. truly was like he really doesn't yeah. he just wants to keep things personal. I think the worst part of this is in thinking because I gasped when Heather said that. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, O'Shan, oh, that, was, course, a reveal. Sweet that yeah. was a shocking reveal to me, <laughs> genuinely. I was like, Ugh. because the thing is, then I started thinking about the ways that Shannon has talked about John, and I'm like, oh, I think she's conflating or confusing or being very specific and strategic in saying he's interested in privacy when what he wants is control. And babe, if you want control over your narrative on reality TV, you should run so far fucking away from Bravo because that's not the place. The core idea of Bravo is revealing some sort of inner complicated truth that's likely not going to show you in the best light. I mean, BCC Brooks. So it's like, know know thyself or at least thy franchise because yikes. And I do, I believe it. But then I'm like, what, but why, why does he, he doesn't seem like anything, let alone someone who wants to be on TV. Like, I actually think he seems closer to someone who doesn't understand this universe and does not want to be a part of it. Right. That's why the limelight comment was so surprising to me because I'm like, he's not like a, he doesn't seem like a show pony kind of guy. He really not like Ryan, not he like shows Brooks. up to film, which is nice for Shannon. But I think you're right about the the idea that the kind of the agreement of the show is that you're going to kind of look like shit, look like shit. And I think but the the other layer of that is that if you are trying to bring something maybe not fully truthful to the camera, like a a story that you've come up with you have to keep it tight to a certain extent and you can't be getting drunk and calling everyone and telling them the real version of events. And then the next time you see them when you're on camera, be like, I don't know what you're talking about. My relationship is fine. Cause like if the relation, if your story on the show is that the relationship is fine, then you probably shouldn't be telling anyone in the cast that that's not the full truth. Except that we watch her to do that. Yeah, of course. I mean, but I, I want the, her like, to. Poor sweet Shannon is like, what did I say? But also like, we're fine. Like these are normal things that we fight about. And when we fight and I like stop breathing because I'm so incapacitated from the stress of this, because this is obviously a toxic relationship. Like that's super normal. And I just, I think the problem here is that because we know they're hanging out again, Shannon is going to do her level best to normalize a situation that is at best extremely complicated and does appear to just not be a great fit for either of them. And when you try to make this thing fit, and it's complicated not just by people's perception, but by the fact that their perception is shaped by what you're sharing with them, that's gonna be really difficult because Shannon is trying to argue with herself. Yeah. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50% modal. It's lightweight. It's breathing 
readable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot mention to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com mention. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honeylove, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honeylove, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. So <laughs> at the beginning of the episode, Gina is not going to the taco fiesta <laughs> after this after this little <laughs> the best running theme of the episode is how many people don't show after up. this little uh drive by heather is not going to the taco fiesta and ne- next <laughs> next up next up it's emily's turn to facetime shannon um and you know of course shannon's mad at emily about talking to people about her relationship um and you know making it seem like she's acting as if her relationship is perfect. Emily says that, you know, Shannon talks to everyone. So this is not really her problem. Uh, This, this back and forth, I wrote down the quotes because it just made me, it made me laugh the way it was said. Emily says, you are Jekyll and Hyde and I'm Mm. tired of it. And Shannon says, that's a very disappointing and hurtful statement that you're making. Poor Shannon. It's this is the thing. You know, I hashtag stand for Shan, and this is one of the reasons why I love Shan so much. Because That's a she's very so- disappointing and hurtful <laughs> statement that you're making. She's so complicated. She's but she thinks she's not. And that to me is exciting TV. Where she's like, all I want to do is be fun and drink tequila. And it's like, oh, babe, there's a lot going on there. But so Emily, it takes Emily like four tries to hang up the FaceTime, which was so funny. She's throwing her phone on the table. She's throwing her phone on the table and you can still hear Shannon be like, Emily, 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 
Emily. <laughs> but so now Emily is not going to the taco fiesta. She mm. and she and Gina are going to party it up for the Innocence Project instead, which love, you know, love to that hear. That was it. a great, great um, event. Yeah, a great event. And I loved that the shopping trip with the woman who had been exonerated yeah. and her talking about the fact that she wasn't able I, I not loved it. I I mean, I appreciated the fact that this was shown and is a big part of Emily's storytelling because I don't know that we have discussed it, the complicated dynamics of a person being exonerated and then trying to return back to their life and finding that people won't allow them. Mm -hmm. That to me is devastating yeah. and important to talk about. Yeah, I love getting, I, I mean, obviously it's like more fun to talk about like, you know, Shannon having a meltdown on FaceTime. But like, I think the balance of that is Crucial. great. And I'm glad that we got to see that kind of throughout the episode too. Yeah, and I think just Emily, I'm so obsessed with Emily. I think it started maybe last season. I honestly forget. I'm just so into her and then when she's like at the end of the episode just like crying to shannon about how like she wants them to be friends again i just was overwhelmed i love as i love her so much as she's ordered a side loaf of bread along with her burger which that server it's like <laughs> sweetie like she was joking when she said she wanted to have all the bread and then she has to i would be sort of upset i would do exactly what emily did which is like yeah let's change it to sourdough but she didn't mean that she was joking she probably wanted the bun well, no, she got the bun on the burger and then she got a loaf of bread. And I know that because Shannon took a piece of the loaf of bread. Oh, I missed that part. Sorry. I was, I was, <laughs> I was just kind of like no, but, trying to make my way through. I know. No, I, I actually really was thinking about the complicated so, dynamics with the sourdough and the bun. I didn't so, realize that she had also received the bun. Uh, sometimes we fixate on, on these things, but I also love when, <laughs> she, when she and Shannon are talking and Shannon's like, well, well, how would you feel if I, if I said that you had fights and Emily's like me and Shane fight all the time. This is the problem for Shannon is she's like what if I said that you have issues in your marriage and it's like have you met Emily the first several seasons she's been on the show the whole dynamic was like is her marriage going to survive so when you're saying to someone who's led with marital complications and yeah. sometimes some issues first and be like well what if I did the thing that you've already done over for dozens of episodes it's like babe the only person in this cast that really doesn't have a resume yeah. in terms of marital troubles is Heather. And like, that's, you know, it's, I guess it's going to come up next week, but like in terms of Shannon kind of feeling like it's unfair for her stuff to be talked about on camera. It's like, Gina's been through the mill. Yeah. Tamara got divorced on camera. Simon. Simon, you know, like even, I mean, Taylor Armstrong, holy fuck. Like I know, so every, dark, so I mean, it's Jen's first season and we spent the first eight episodes talking about her, Mm -hmm. whatever it Situationship. is like yeah. Shannon is not above this in terms of a storyline but it is like it is just funny to watch her kind of like decompose almost and, and I'm, <laughs> like the way that she's <laughs> that's not the but word it's like, no but it's like she storms out of a scene with Heather she breaks the fourth wall again with Emily like yeah, maybe she, deconstruct or not deconstruct to fall apart like yeah yeah I mean yeah I think the thing for Shannon that she's confused by or upset by is the fact that she probably feels like she's already given her pound of flesh because of what she experienced and navigating, trying to defend David and then seeing that on camera fall apart. And I feel like for Shannon, she is probably thinking, understandably, I deserve my happy ending. But what happens if people also want that for you, mm. you just haven't chosen right? Like this is the problem of 
for Shannon is like she's thinking I've already done this so we should be focusing on my happy relationship and it's like poor sweet Chan yeah my darling my dear I don't know that that's possible because of the man you've chosen to attempt to you know exonerate yeah <laughs> I also think so break she breaks the fourth wall a few times in this episode but mm. at, after the phone call with Emily she breaks it in a way that I think is probably more negatively seen from production because so she she finds out that now Emily is going to be the third person not coming to the taco fiesta and then she's telling the producers basically that she's done with this party and that they can just throw it without her and that this is not what she signed up for and it's kind of like revealing that this is not an event that she particularly cares about it's just Mm. like the event that they decided she would host this episode and I feel like that's kind of it's one thing to say like get the camera out of my face but for her to be like throw the fucking taco party without me I don't care yeah, this that's that you that's exactly right. And she's crossing the line into the thing of like I'm playing a part in this. Right. And like and I don't wanna I don't wanna go by your script. Right. Like she didn't buy any of these decorations for the table. She didn't book the the venue. Like this is not her thing. It's like production's thing that she's like she put her name down for hosting Taco Party on episode 10. And also she doesn't want to be identified with it. Like she, the way that she probably did prior of like, I'm hosting this thing. It's going to be really fun. Yeah. Now she's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to host this thing and be identified as the person who can't manage to get six people to show up. <laughs> I mean, that's tough. When the camera's like focusing on the fact that like literally six people aren't there chef's kiss it was right sort of iconic well (laughs) (laughs) sorry but it's also wild to me after they hang up the facetime and emily is like openly just talking to the producers too like yeah you can tell her level of frustration is such that she's just like she needs to vent to somebody and i love that they kept it in because when she's like you're on a fucking reality show talk about it if it's normal relationship things like i feel like that that inner monologue mm-hmm. I'm glad we got to hear it and mm-hmm. like the fact that it's directed at somebody holding a camera it's like works for me <sighs> poor I mean this is the this is the thing when you when you love Shannon is this this is the unfortunate reality is like this is the complicated dynamic that I like love to watch I want her to do well but the reality is like do, does she have capacity to does she want yeah. to do the things that would be required for her to be well yeah i think i don't think they've taped their reunion yet and i'm hell no i'm very curious to see kind of what the tone of shannon is at the reunion because i obviously the relationship ended but she and john are still they circle something, back they circle know. back to each other yeah after several months and so i don't think that she is going to be in any kind of Oh, yeah. I was being so crazy. My relationship sucked. Like, fuck him. Like, I don't think that's going to be her energy at the reunion. And I almost wish it would be because I think then it would be a little bit easier for her to kind of like wash her hands of whatever that was and move forward. But I have a feeling that we're going to get energy where it's like she's going to be kind of scorched earth with like Gina and Emily and Heather because they were the ones trying to tear down her relationship that ended up tearing itself down anyway and like it, it sucks because I'm like I, I would love for her to just like 
move forward. But I, I, I can't see that being the. She holds on way past the point of hopefully someone ideally walking away. And she's just going to level up her defensiveness, which is not going to go well for her and try to shift the blame onto members of her cast for, I mean, like maybe for inspiring the breakup or maybe just more generally, quote unquote, trying to make him look bad. And that is going to be very difficult for her because not only do I think she's incorrect, but just based on like the information, not not about how she feels, yeah. which is also complicated, but the fact that she's now put herself into a position where because she wants to be with this man, even though she's telling us it's just very casual, I don't know that Shannon, anything can ever be casual with Shannon, that she's going to have to defend this man who, which requires, I think, pushing people against the wall to some extent that like, I don't think people are going to keep her confidences as closely as they may have so far yeah. this season. Like, I think Heather's going to say some shit potentially if Shannon really pushes her and that's going to be tough for Shannon. I don't know that she's equipped for whatever additional information may be in store. Right. And I mean, when you, <laughs> it, the the word arsenal just popped into my Ooh. mind, a la Margaret Josephs. And mm. if you think about it, it's like if Margaret has an arsenal about everyone in this cast, it's more like everyone has an arsenal about Shannon specifically because Shannon has, you know, made drunk phone calls to all of them. So it's like, if it feels like the floodgates are open, it's there could be a lot of stuff coming out of there from all angles. And it's, I don't know, if, if I were her, I think I would tread a little more lightly. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
the taco day fiesta does ultimately <laughs> transpire uh six out of 16 people are not in attendance um which shannon says is a worst case scenario for me um, her friend lisa is this like i don't know who she is or where she came from but i love when tamra and eddie arrive and she's like glad you guys are here to support our friend with like the sidiest side eye you've ever seen <laughs> and it's like oh this is this is not going to go well and when shannon at the dinner is bringing up gina's dui situation oh, the, and this what is it uh child protective child protective C- i almost called cps cps, CPS. so be, this is basically spurred by taylor being like so what's up with all of this because and did you did you help her what well, did you yeah well but she says like i'm trying to figure out in this group like who yeah. i can trust because there's all this stuff about people theoretically talking about your relationship and yeah. like if i'm ever going to have like a vault with any of you yeah what's the tea mm-hmm. and tamra's like well look who's here look who's not and this is when shannon kind of she basically feels betrayed by gina because she was so helpful to Gina when she was going through this situation. And specifically she says that if she hadn't covered for Gina or helped her or whatever, that it easily could have been a situation where her kids were taken away pretty much. And it's tough. It's a tough, that's a tough thing to say. Even if that were pretty much true, that would be a really tough thing to say about somebody years later because you're mad that maybe they were talking shit about your relationship and Jen immediately clocks that. And yeah. like, she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm appalled to hear Shannon just like spouting this stuff about somebody that I don't even know that well. Yeah. I think it really stems from the fact that not to excuse it, but the fact that Gina was like, you did the, the like sort of the bare minimum in helping me. And the fact that Gina has felt upset about the ways mm-hmm. that Shannon has in Gina's eyes taken too much credit for trying to support her. Meanwhile, we're getting information, you know, the lawyer that she introduced her to or whomever, you know, called the DA or whatever at 10 o'clock at night. Like it wasn't just making a phone call. It was genuinely seemingly really trying to help Gina. Flip side of that is like, how are you helping her now? Even if you guys are fighting and referencing this information, are you doing more harm than good, especially if the good is really just defending your role and trying to help her? And at a certain point, if this person is not acknowledging how helpful you were, I know this is against the core value of housewives, but like, Maybe you've just got to let it go because if you Mm -hmm. know that you help them and there's something about this very sensitive situation and the way that they view you, maybe the way that they blame you for helping them, a la Luann and Bethany, where there is like a there was a certain level of sarcasm and and seemingly almost frustration that Lou had the following season after Bethany stepped in behind the scenes and helped her go to rehab and get treatment and whatever else where she seemed to be annoyed, I think, about the level of insight that Bethany had in her life. And I get it. I think there's like a sort of a smaller, different version, a softer version of that with what we're seeing between Gina and Shan. Right. And that even if you don't really mean it, like any sort of implication that it's like, well, if I hadn't stepped in, her kids wouldn't be there. Like, it's not, it's just, it's even if there's truth in it, it's not a great thing to just toss out. And I actually, I like Jen and Gina's little 
side friendship that mm. I feel like we're seeing a little bit because they went shopping before and Gina was kind of giving Jen some information. Yeah. And then after this event, we see Gina going to Jen's house and now Jen is like sort of returning the favor and telling her what happened. And I mean, Gina obviously is upset by this, I think rightly so. And we see in the preview for next week that Gina confronts Jen and she's like, I would never say that. And it's like, oh, babe, we're doing it again. <laughs> this was the whole when we watched the midseason trailer and there was some confusion over who was getting yelled at for what. And like it couldn't be Heather for all of this. I think it's going to be a difficult second half of the season for Shannon and obviously for Heather. And the Heather of it all, I mean, I find myself agreeing with her or at least not understanding the level of like hot that's being directed her way. I think it's absolutely out of balance. And maybe or maybe I'm like not getting it, but the ways that Shannon and Tamara and whomever else are trying to say that Heather's really being extremely sneaky behind the scenes about Shannon and John, I'm I'm just like genuinely not seeing it. Like, am, am I? No, I, 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 I'm confused by it. I think you're right that whatever is happening overall yeah we're not it's not being communicated onto the show in a way that it felt like the last couple weeks when Shannon has been getting an inkling you know the first time was at that lunch with Vicky where she like kind of got wind that Heather had been talking we've heard about it a few times now but Mm -hmm. like Heather has not been caught red-handed there's Mm -hmm. no footage we've seen there's no hot mic like I can believe that maybe there was something that happened, but in terms of the show that we're being presented with, there's no evidence. And so I think with, with Shannon, it's a little bit like clearly there's a narrative happening kind of with most of the women in this group about your relationship. And it seems like maybe her, her anger would be better spent like figuring out, her communication issues with the group and like her relationship and all of this rather than just like demonizing Heather for apparently, you know, saying something awful or insinuating something horrible. But, uh, it's going to be a really if, tough reunion for it's, Sam. It's if you're throwing stones at Heather, it's hard to reach up to up to that Roberto Cavalli <laughs> penthouse. <laughs> Which, by the way, total sidebar, but like. I mean, and apologies for people who really die for extremely high price animal print, but Roberto Cavalli is the thing. Like, why do we care so much that it's Roberto Cavalli? Heather it keeps looks- talking about it in a way where I'm like, who gives a shit about Roberto? It just feels kind of dated. Well, it was the first house he did in North America. <laughs> um, he designed some of the furniture, which I also don't like. I I do agree. I think there are, it's obviously like a, a beautiful canvas. It's a little dated. And it's it's a me, it's like a bajillion my, dollar two bedroom. Like me what's from the, my the lowly closet tax is incredible. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's my, I mean I'm throwing stones I definitely can't reach, but you know <laughs> it needs a little I need, I would say it needs a judge. The closet is the closet feels like I'm stepping into a mo- like I'm being called into like the Star Wars universe. Like it's all that's what I assume the Star Wars universe is like. Okay. It's just like all lights coming down to me. It feels like you're you're like going almost into like some sort of like time machine theme movie. It was just like bright, haunting, beautiful light. I could have I would like to stay in that sort of closet area forever, but related to the rest, I'm like, I don't it's give like, a shit about Roberto Cavall. Does Heather wear I she might, but 
She seems more of like a, a YSL kind of gal. I feel like she likes like a, a Dolce cocktail dress kind of vibe. Can you imagine if Dolce and Gabbana designed an apartment? Do you know how problematic that apartment would be? And Sutton Strack would be sitting right there. <laughs> she would Sutton own Strack it. would own the building by now. Are you kidding? <laughs> uh, it's in a galaxy far, far away known as Century City. <laughs> Uh, well, I I'm excited for the rest of the season. I'm, yes. I'm really loving it, and I'm I'm glad that we got to to chat about it today. Can you I tell mean, everyone where they listen to your podcast and everything? Yes. Well, I just have to say, you know how obsessed I am with you and with talking about Bravo with you. And you were just on Andy Scrolls, and I, I got so many messages from people about just an appreciation for the energy that we have with each other because I think we can be sassy, but I think we also are yeah. pretty active listeners, which I think is helpful. So I just really appreciate our conversation and you having me back because I genuinely love it. I love sitting down with you and recording. I think it's 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 for me just selfishly it's a lot of fun. Me too. And also we didn't have an episode of OC last week so I felt like when we talked on your podcast. It's a lot about Bethany. Bethany we, in New York. Right. Like we didn't Old in New OC York. was kind of like on right. pause a little yeah. bit and like we're, we're turning to the oh, light. We're fucking back. <laughs> yeah we're 100% back. And speaking of being back you can listen to that episode of Andy's Girls by listening to Andy's Girls wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It's a pod all about the psychology behind Housewives and more. We consider a mix of C-SPAN and Ayanla Fix My Life. And there's also a bonus episode each week um, about non-Housewives TV psychology. And you can follow me on Instagram and allegedly threads at Dame Galley. Oh <laughs> allegedly threads. So bad at uh, it. So bad at it. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Picot, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Picot. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.